You're listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio with your host, PGA professional Brendan Elliott and the Little Linksers crew. All right, welcome to Love of the Links Radio for the week of uh, February 18th. Uh, this is your host, Brendan Elliott, PGA professional here in Central Florida. And I'm going solo again this week. Uh, got a couple things to, to chat about this week, uh, especially uh, as a Cleveland Strixon staffer. Uh, it's good to see on all three of the major tours, the Euro Tour, the PGA Tour, and the Champions uh, PGA Tour, all PGA, or excuse me, all Cleveland Strixon staffers winning. Uh, most notably, J.B. Holmes winning at the Genesis Open. A uh, little bumpy down the stretch, quite uh, a change of weather throughout the week. Uh, had some rain, had some delays, uh, but uh, a good, exciting tournament towards the end, even though it was guys kind of tripping over themselves as they came into the finish line. But uh, J.B. Holmes with a, with a great W, uh, which pushed him into qualifying for this week's event down in Mexico, so that'll be kind of cool. Um, but what else happened this week? Well, like I said, uh, we had a roller coaster of weather. Uh, speaking of roller coasters of weather, I actually had the opportunity to go out and play some golf myself with some buddies yesterday. Uh, we headed up to uh, Palm Coast and to Hammock Beach Resort, and it's just an absolutely amazing facility. Um, probably the prettiest golf course on the east side of Florida. Uh, six holes are on the Atlantic Ocean, and and it was, for me, it was probably one of the strangest golf experiences I've ever had uh, from the standpoint of a weather change. Uh, there's two holes on the front uh, that play along or right next to the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and then another four holes on the back nine uh, that play along at 15, 16, 17, and 18. And it was a fairly warm day for Florida, I'd say 84-ish. Um, and I had prepared uh, for a little bit cooler, knowing we'd be by the ocean. And I've been the ocean, uh, I've been on the ocean course a couple times before in the past at Hammock Beach. So uh, I was a little overdressed until we creeped up the hill to the tee box in number eight. And it was literally like the temperature had dropped. It felt like 15 to 18 degrees it was it was incredible and as we came in we, we played with uh well the group in front of us was coach jordan uh my co-host of the show and my director of programming for little linksters uh and one of my students Jaden, was with him and then one of our tournament volunteers uh mr james brown uh he was ahead of us and then with myself it was uh casey borg good friend pj professional Played in the U.S. Open, uh, made a check on the PGA Tour and what used to be the Justin Timberlake Shriners uh, Classic. Really good player, really good guy. He's done pretty much everything in the golf industry uh, from assistant pro, head pro, director golf, general manager, uh, in sales, resort sales, opening up a brand new course, a new private high-end facility, playing on several different tours, uh, Casey's done it all. Uh, so he was out there, played in my group uh, with his wife, Tina, uh, and they brought their two girls, and I had the opportunity to bring my son out there. 
Uh, my son didn't play, and Casey and Tina's kids didn't play either, but, man, we had a really good day. And that's, to me, that's that's what golf is supposed to be like. You're supposed to go out there and just enjoy the day, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy each other's company. And it was really fun to do and something I need to do much more of, uh, especially as someone that works in this industry. But uh, as we came in on those last four holes, it was like the bottom dropped out from a weather standpoint. It was chilly. It was howling the wind. Uh, and uh, it was it was cool. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I know Casey and his family, they were bundling up. The, his daughters were bundling up in the carts. And uh, it literally went from, felt like, nice almost summer day, 84, 85 degrees to... 60 with howling wind is what it felt like uh but that's that's cool that's a really cool experience and it seems like it was pretty similar to some of the conditions they had on the pga tour uh and at the genesis with uh with jackets on and bundling up and got pretty chilly on that final day and the wind blowing uh but jb home was pulling it out i've been a big fan of jb for for quite some time uh Obviously a fan, as you guys all know, anybody that's listened to the podcast recently, uh, you know I'm a fan of Tiger Woods, the tournament host. Tournament benefited the Tiger Woods Foundation, so it's pretty cool. Some some interesting news at the beginning of the week for the Genesis Open. It's getting a, a, a different status, bumping up in status on the tour a little bit. Uh, it's going to be uh, in, in the it held in the same regard as uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, or Jack's Tournament up at Murfield Village, an invitational event. Uh, it's going to be more of a limited field type thing and have a little bit more in way of exemptions and spiffs for uh, whoever wins or is victorious at these next-level type events. Uh, so it, it was a big deal uh, to have that happen. And, and of course, all, all the proceeds... Uh, or a good portion of proceeds benefits the Tiger Woods Foundation, and it's pretty cool. So let's let's hear quickly from JB Holmes right after he uh, finished up his final round. Yeah, so again, that was really cool to see JB win and, and have his little man come out onto the green, uh, 13-month-old son Tucker, uh, and congratulate Dad. Uh, JB Holmes, the winner of the Genesis Open. All right, so let's move on to what's happening uh, this week, and they head down uh, south of the border into Mexico for a World Golf uh, Championship event. 
obviously you get into this event by your your world golf rankings and JB snuck in there uh, so he'll be in the field uh, kind of the funny I say funny kind of the the good news for the from the standpoint of the players um, they are now going to be allowed uh, through a resolution on the PGA tour and through their players committee uh, to wear shorts in pro-am and practice rounds uh, so if anybody had seen the pictures of Phil Mickelson uh, earlier uh, last couple days of uh, him wearing shorts and having those uh, those massive calves of his uh, being seen by all, quite impressive by Mr. Mickelson. But we'll be seeing a lot more of the, the guys out on tour wearing shorts, uh, which I think has been a long time coming. We've been able to do it here in the North Florida PGA section in our professional events for for a couple of years now and in, in uh, especially in the summertime when it gets a little bit hot uh, so cool move by the PGA Tour uh, to do that and it really gives you some indication of where the game's heading uh, being a little bit more loose and again we've talked about this in previous shows golf is definitely a game of tradition uh, but there's a need to evolve uh, as you go forward uh, into the future and, and really adjust with the time. So good on you, PGA Tour, for, for making this move. I'm sure the caddies and players are really appreciating that. So uh, in Mexico, I'm I'm looking for, well, i got a couple guys I'm uh, keeping an eye on. Obviously, JB's playing hot, uh, but, you know, you never know when someone's coming off a really solid week. You know, don't really know what's going to happen that that following week. And it's just like when someone shoots a, you know, a super low round, a 60, 62, 63. It's it's hard to follow up on that. And same can be said for uh, winning events in a row. Um, I did want to make note last show last week. Uh, I had had our first uh, prize that we were giving out, uh, and I'm going to extend that for another week. The the question for the prize, and the prize is going to be. Uh, a box from Short Par 4. Check it out at shortpar4.com. Uh, we've partnered with them at the end of last year and uh, did a little fundraiser, and they're providing us. Uh, Bobby, the owner, is providing us with uh, quite a significant amount of their boxes to use in any capacity that Little Linkster sees fit. Uh, so we will have some boxes uh, to give away. And again, the question from last week, I'm going to give it one more week. Uh, well, and hopefully we'll have a winner uh, next week when we post the show. Uh, but, of course, this year, uh, Pebble Beach Golf Links will be hosting the U.S. Open. And as everybody knows, uh, last week, the PGA Tours regular event at Pebble Beach happened. So the question is, how many times in golf history, in modern golf history, so we'll say within the last... Uh, we'll say within the last 50 years, how many times has a single course hosted two events within one uh, season on the tour? Okay, so that's the uh, question for a short par four box. And again, which how many courses within the last 50 years have hosted two events on their course in one season? And of course, Pebble Beach is the example we have this year. Uh, so who do we like this week? Well, JB would be obviously someone to watch. Phil's been playing well. Uh, Phil was a little shaky this past week, 
uh, but made the cut and made a check. Same same deal with Tiger, and you know, I, some people may hate on me for bringing up Tiger, but I you know I saw a post actually this morning. Uh, of course, Golf Channel or PGA Tour, or one of the media outlets, golf media outlets, was uh, posted something about Tiger Woods and. When you go on there and social media is what social media is, but you see some of the the words and comments from the haters, and I just even as even if I wasn't a fan of Tiger Woods, it's just you know boggles my mind some of the nastiness and the and the unappreciativeness that people have for Tiger. Look, I know he's had his challenges. I know he's had his issues. I know he's screwed up quite a bit. I think we all know that. Uh and but the man has changed the game. He's the face of the game. He's not he's not the one that moves the needle. He is the needle. And you know, I'm a huge fan of Jack Nicholas. Huge fan of Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer's one of my favorites of all time. Um but I really feel that Tiger Woods has changed the game on a level that uh it surpasses all the great things that Ty, that uh, Jack and Arnie has done. He, I just look at the purses. The purses on tour now, uh, since he's come on tour way back in 1998. It's it's or excuse me, 96. It's it's significant, and uh, I know all the players on tour, regardless of the generation. You know the young guys that are just coming out, the Cameron Champs or. A little bit older, the Ricky Fowlers or Jordan Spees. Uh, I I just and and obviously the guys in Tiger's era really appreciate what he's done. But to see the hateful comments that people put on there, you don't have to like the guy, but you really is a if you're a lover of the game, need to appreciate what this man has done, uh, not just for the PGA Tour, but for golf in general. I know all of us that work in the golf industry. Like when Tiger's playing well, because it gets people excited. It gets people out on the golf course. So obviously, I'm gonna be looking for Tiger to to play well. And look, you know, people trash him about how he played. I think there was a post on the PJ Tour's Instagram or something or or Twitter of him. You know, he he had pulled the tee shot last week at the Genesis, and he was in some heavy rough, and he wanted to cut one hard. Uh, around the bend, uh, hitting his approach shot up, and he had this a la Arnold Palmer finish with, you know, the cutoff, hold-off swing with the super high hands and walking towards the fairway, and people were just bad-mouthing it in the comments I saw on Facebook as it was posted, and people don't know what they're talking about a lot of the time, especially the people, obviously, that, that hate on people, but he was hitting a cut shot, man, and that's that's one of the things if you really want to bend one left to right that's one of the things you need to do is and you know I don't have to explain it to anybody that knows what they're talking about or knows what he was doing but it is cool to see people shaping shots because that is an art form that's kind of for the most part gone away not necessarily to the fault of today's players they're as talented as any players in the history of the game but you know, the equipment has a lot to do with the ability to not shape the shots as well as uh, some of the golden era players uh, were able to do. But again, it's just this hate that, that people have on Tiger. Uh, it bugs me sometimes. It really, really pisses me off sometimes. But anyway, let's keep things on a, 
up and up tempo. Uh, something that's interesting with this week's podcast, uh, something I wanted to add. I had started a couple, I say, new students in in my uh, in my golf school and my professor, excuse me, my private lesson uh, students. Uh, I say new because they're just starting back up with me, but we've known each other for for many years. In fact, one of the kids, Bradley, he he was one of the uh, original little linksters way back ten years ago three, four years old, and now he's 13 years old. So it's it's cool that a lot of these kids, you know, they they tip their, tip their toe in the water with different coaches in different places, and that's fantastic. I love that. Um, but a lot of times I have uh, the great fortune of, of hooking back up with some of these kids and helping them with their game as they get older. It really makes me feel good. Uh, so, so Bradley and Emma, his sister, she's uh, 16, I believe, uh, before we started our, uh, lesson, the first lesson in our, in our, doing our series of lessons as we go forward, I told them, Hey, you guys want to do the normal chat that I have with new students as we're just getting going. Uh, I want to do it for our podcast. So we did record that first conversation that I had with new students. And, and basically what it is, is Finding out their golf IQ, finding out what they know. That's basically what's in a first lesson. Me evaluating the swings and then really having a good chat with them about uh, where they think their game's at, where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, um, and what we can do What in terms of a plan, what we can do to set things up for success as we go forward. Uh, and, you know, you can have goals, but if you don't have a path, to get to those goals and they're not goals at that point they're their wishes their dreams and and so you know a good friend of mine had said that many years ago uh, Craig can that used to be on the golf channel uh, he had talked about that and it's really stuck with me is you know you it's great to have goals but you need to have a path and a plan to get there so that's why I have these type of conversations with new students and I try to evaluate every once in a while uh, you know, along the way through the process, because it is a process, uh, reevaluate things. And if we need to adjust, we need to adjust. So I'll be sharing that with you after I finish up here on the second half, the next installment of uh, this episode for the week of the 18th of February. Uh, pretty interesting to see here uh, some of the comments that uh, Emma and Bradley have. But it was a really good week, or excuse me, a really good Sunday last week uh, working with a lot of the kids I've had for a while and then some of the newer kids and uh, really enjoying getting back into teaching more and more over the course of the last month or so. Uh, another thing I wanted to share for this week was if, if you follow me on, on Facebook or see some of the comments I may have from time to time, I, sometimes something gets on my nerves and I want to express it and share it with people and not necessarily in a negative way or negative connotations it's just me talking about what I what I have on my mind and definitely if it's something I feel like other golf professionals or other people in my life uh, I've gone through whatever it is that I'm talking about but I had posted something about um, you know a lot of people that work in professional fields whether it's a doctor or a lawyer or an, a teacher college professor uh, lawyers, things like that, 
you know, they're, they're educated. They put in a lot of years of education to, to practice their craft. And, and a lot of people in that process of becoming better in whatever field they're in, they put in a lot of time. And some of them are lucky enough to, uh, along the way, uh, get awards and accolades. And, you know, so people work hard for that. Uh, and anybody in any of the fields I just talked about, there's usually this inner drive to help people. And I know that's the case with most golf professionals, at least ones that I know. It's it's to help people. Um, but I've always found it interesting that you tend not to question your doctor. You know, you go in if, if you're not feeling well or you're sick or something's just off. And they give you a course of action to follow. And most people follow what the doctor says, doctor's orders. And, and eventually they get better or things... Uh, you know, they get healthier and, and, and the same thing with a lawyer. You consult a lawyer if you're having legal issues. Uh, you may, may go beyond the step of a consultation and retain that lawyer to help you with your legal issues. And most of the time people, you know, listen to what the, the professional has to say, what the, what the lawyer has to say. Same with college professors or instructors. That's a little bit different in some cases, but you have to respect people for the time that they put in, the professionalness, professionalists, if if of course if they have that, there are crappy doctors, lawyers, and teachers out there for sure. Um, but if they're somebody that has a really good reputation and, like I said, has put in the time, you tend to listen to them and work with them and and try to absorb things that they're sharing. But for whatever reason, with golf, and it's not just myself; it has happened to me. And I know it's happened to fellow golf professionals out there. But sometimes people, it's its like those commercials I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Uh, people tend to think that they know more than the professional sometimes when it comes to golf. Whether it's because they watched a video on YouTube or heard somebody on Golf Channel or read something in Golf Digest. They feel like they can impart their as I put in my post, non-educated spin, uh, even though they feel like they're educated, on what they think might be the right course of action. Look, and I'm not anyone to, you know, get get into arguments with anybody. I I really want, especially in my case, the cases of me teaching juniors, I want that interaction with the parents. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. So it's actually what kind of spurred this on for me to talk about this and post about it. Had nothing to do with a, a situation with myself. It was something, a, a, another teacher-student scenario with the parent interjecting that kind of tipped me off to talk about this a little bit. And again, it has happened to me, but that's not what what pushed me to talk about this. Um Look, if you're if you're gonna hire, retain a golf professional, especially one with, that has qualifications, a good reputation, it's really important as a parent of a junior golfer that you're on the same page with that coach, or that you trust that coach, uh, especially if you're paying them. So you know, in that scenario, if you're paying the person to work with your child, uh, and and they are a good instructor and do have a good reputation. Leave it in their professional hands, okay? Be part of the team that surrounds that child. 
Uh, but sit back. I promise you, if you sit back as the parent, you're going to enjoy the experience and, and the process more. Because your role as a parent is not to be the coach. And a lot of times I see it with parents caddying for their children and, and some of these youth uh, junior golf tours. And even that's questionable in my mind sometimes. You want to have a parent-child relationship. You don't want to have situations that come up where things may get heated on the golf course. Look, it's an emotional sport. Um, but you don't want that as a parent to have arguments with a child. Uh, you know that you're trying to help them, and they know that you're trying to help them too. Uh, but again, it sometimes is better to have a professional kind of running that show. And again, you're on the same page, but your role is to support your child and watch your child play and enjoy that side of the experience and, and of the process. Okay, So that's just something I felt really strongly about talking about. Uh, and again, you can see my post if you're friends with me on Facebook. Uh, I wasn't talking about, by no stretch of the imagination, was I talking about anybody in particular, anybody that I'm working with currently. It's just, it's it's a problem that exists, especially for, for, the, for us that uh, work with uh, teaching juniors and, and coaching juniors. It's out there and it exists. And it's a shame you see relationships ruined sometimes with parents and kids and kids that are super talented that don't continue on with the game uh, just out of frustration. So again, parents, any parents listening that have a child that's a, you know, mid-range to super talented kid all the way up, um, remember what your part in this process is. And the more important thing than perhaps some for some people living through your child is supporting your child and to fight those feelings of, of trying to relive maybe some things that you weren't able to accomplish when you were a child. Uh, just appreciate that you have uh, the ability to watch a child do well in something that they enjoy and make sure that enjoyment and the enjoyment of the game, the appreciation of the game, the love of the game uh, surpasses anything else that you do uh, or your child does that, uh, within the game. So that was my uh, final pitch there, final thing that I wanted to say uh, for this week's episode. Uh, check us out at loveofthelinks at gmail.com. And again, we're giving that short par four box away to the person. Uh, if there's several people to get the answer correct, I'll randomly pick somebody. But within the last 50 years, how many golf courses have hosted two events on their course within one season? A lot of the times that situation will be like this year at Pebble Beach, uh, where they have their own year-after-year year event, and they're also hosting a major. So how many golf courses in the last 50 years uh, have done the duo, the, the twofer on the tour, and had two events? Uh, check us out, Love of the Links, on Facebook, our Facebook page, Love of the Links on Instagram. Uh, looking forward to having some folks calling in and listen uh, to the second half of this, uh, this week's uh, podcast with my interview with two of our new students, uh, Bradley and Emma. So looking forward to that. Um, enjoy, and I'll talk to everyone soon.
Thanks for tuning in. All right, so we've got some some students, brand new students today that we're going to talk to, and we're going to, this is something typically and normally that I do with new students, but we're going to share this with all of our listeners of Love of the Links, the podcast, um, and this is good for any parents that are listening uh, to get some idea of what what is good for a coach to do with new students. You have to set um, set some goals at the beginning, but you also have to be realistic about things. So we have Emma and Bradley. You guys say hi. Hello. All right. So it's it's not that they're super brand new because I've known these guys for a long time. I've known you, Bradley. How how old are you when we first three did lessons? Three. Is it three or four? Four. Four. Yeah. Four. And you're how old now? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. And you're what? Sixteen. Sixteen. So we've got some older kids uh, from my that are part of the. The, the stable of students now so I'm hoping that we'll get some good honest answers and by the time we get back and have them on the show again in six months we'll be hitting some of those goals that we're going to set right now today and the other thing that's good that we're recording this is these goals are stuck on a recording and I can always refer back to it to say remember what you told me on day one cool <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. all right so Bradley we'll start with you Okay. So, how long have you been playing the game? Uh, since I was three, so ten years. So ten years, and how, how, would you say, on a scale of one to ten, how serious you take the game? Nine. Nine, and what does that mean when you say you're nine out of ten on the serious level, serious factor? Uh, I want to do it for a living and have fun. Do you really? Yeah. So you want to play professionally, and maybe if that doesn't work, you want to be a instructor or a golf professional. All right, so those are some good goals. Those are some lofty goals. Um, what are your immediate goals right now for playing? Well, to hit more down on the ball and like get a lesser number while I'm playing. Golf. Okay, so from a, it's like a lower score. So we're gonna break things into two two segments, okay? And that since you're going first, you you volunteer to go first. Your sister's gonna have some brilliant answers when I get to her. Okay, <laughs> so. We're going to break it into playing and then technique. Okay. And those are always going to be two separate things. So when we're out here on the range or when we're up on the chipping green or on the putting green, we're practicing technique. We only practice playing when we're out on the golf course yeah. and vice versa. If we're on the golf course, we're only doing playing. We're not thinking about technique. Okay? Mm-hmm. So from a technique standpoint, give me two things technical thing you already said one hitting down on the ball give me another one not casting not casting so you feel like those are your two biggies right now yes what about from a playing standpoint what are your two goals for Um, that like get better at my irons playing oh um, technique when you say better with your irons that's more technique playing wise what are some goals on the course playing better shots okay so smarter shots maybe yeah okay so that's that's more game management, which is good. And then from a scoring, where are you at scoring-wise right now? Um, my lowest right now is 81 for 18. Okay. And what about 9? 37. And what are you, what are you on average? Ooh. Those are your best. Everybody's really hot to talk about their best, but what's your average? And, and Dad, I, who's here, nine, might be able I to chirp that. I usually shoot like 44, 40s. That's about good? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And... 18 
90-ish? Yeah, an yeah. 85-90. Okay. All right. Emma, your turn. Okay. So, your goals, two from a technique standpoint and two from a playing standpoint. Okay, so for technique, um, um, oh, I go over the top a lot. Okay. So I'm going to try to stop doing that and stop hitting them fat. Okay. Hit them fat a lot. And then playing? Game management. It's so like whenever I'm in the trees, mm-hmm. how should I get out? And then um, just staying away from trouble. Okay. Because I'm always in trouble. So let's also talk about what we did with Bradley. What's your best and what's your average for 9 and 18? My best for 18 is 91. And I think my best for 9, isn't it like 43? Yeah, it's 43. Well, it's at the same round, the 43 and the 91? No. I think I shot uh actually I think I shot a 41 for the 18 round on first nine. So you did. So yeah, that was I your did. so that was your best nine yeah. then. Yeah. Cuz I I oh, knew yeah. that cuz your that day was was it your regionals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your mom texted me what you shot on the front nine and I was super excited cuz I'm like, man, she's going to shoot low yeah. 80s. <laughs> And then I never heard from your mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's because I messed up on the back. Mom. So I kind of figured, and I didn't want to ask, and then I asked the next day. And she had, she had eighty-five with ease. Yes, but one hole. One hole. I shot like where eight. she was walking with her competitors. They really didn't help when in a lost ball situation. Okay. Yeah. And she thought she didn't know where exactly she hit it when. As I was watching the hole, I knew exactly where the ball was, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to assist because it was an event. Okay. And uh, if she would have found the ball or spent another two, three minutes actually looking for the, her golf ball, mm-hmm. she could have played it and just advanced it towards the hole. But instead, she reteed out of bounds, inbounds, out of bounds, and took a triple took or a quad. Good. Yeah, it was okay. really high. When she probably could have got away at worst, probably with a bogey. Bogey. Double at worst. So what did that do for you mentally the rest of the way? Messed me up. Shut it down. With yep. three holes yep. to go. Okay. I have a lot of um, head problems. I, and you know like, what? It usually when when I watch people, observe people, usually here comes here's the co-host of our radio show. I'm doing an interview with him. He's doing an interview for the podcast. <laughs> now you're fine. Okay. Jordan's the co-host. <laughs> So I'm taking the first lesson with these guys, the normal inter, you know, chat that we do at the beginning and making it something we're putting in the podcast. Cool. And we're getting good answers. Bradley, ha- Bradley hasn't lied yet. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> hasn't embellished the story yet? <laughs> All right, so we got some good goals with these guys. That's what I like to hear. Later, Jordan. Later, Coach. All right, so, so what I was saying is usually I – watch and observe people and usually whatever your how you walk or how you talk or how you carry yourself is typically what I find being the case on the golf course mm-hmm. um, and you don't seem like that type of person to me to be a hothead yeah but oh. I haven't but I haven't seen you in competition I don't think I've seen you in competition mm-hmm. I feel I, like whenever I'm with other people like, if I'm, like, talking to them, I'll be fine. But if I'm, like, walking by myself and, like, in my zone, I get really, like... I try to control myself, but I get mad. I always go, like, I try to breathe, but it doesn't work. <laughs> and you, I I know all about you. I saw... I, like, 
like... I have a son that's like almost your mini-me. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of I kind of know. Yeah. But how is he on the course? Because you caddy for very, him. Right? Very level-headed. Okay, good. Um, if he runs into problems or has a bad hole, he somehow can internally push through it okay. and just let it be. Um, sometimes, depending on the situation, it, it might carry out one two holes on mm-hmm. but we can have a conversation about okay whatever's back there is done you gotta go forward the next shot is the now the most important shot yep and he can sometimes very well department departmentalize i yep. guess to say that word wrong but um able to get through it okay and and, and look to the next shot sometimes it makes me so mad that i feel like i'm I want to slam my club but I'm not because he's going to yell at me because a lot they know, know not to do that because <laughs> that's not sportsmanship yeah. and see that's another part of the this whole process everything that you're doing now is a process and I know you guys have had coaching before and uh, good coaching um, and I'm sure that she talked about processes too and you got to fall in love with the process and there's going to be good and bad uh, we're, we're going to I don't want to like super strip down your swings because I know technique-wise there's a lot of good stuff there. But if things go bad, they're going and it's going to happen. Things are going to go south at some point. You got to do exactly what your dad said. Just take it for what it is, especially if it's on the range, because this is the time to work on stuff. Okay, um, so that's good. So the next thing I want to know is from the standpoint of commitment. This is a big deal. Now, some of my other students, one that you guys know, Jaden, he's my worst case, and I hope he listens to this, um, because getting him to practice outside of lessons is really, really hard. Now, I had a lesson with him earlier today, and his mom proudly said he practiced every single day last week. And so today's lesson was really good. It's it's amazing how that happens. (laughs) So what I don't want is, um, we're doing two lessons a week, What I don't want is in between those lessons, when we get to the next one, I don't want to have to jump in and start over. That's super frustrating for a coach. Um, And for a player, I'm sure it's not too fun either, okay? So this is why, one, we got to keep this communication on the Coach Now app. But how much of a commitment are you guys willing to put into this? Like, Like from a time standpoint. And I know that you're in, you both have, other obligations you got school and school's important and that should be your priority it is your priority and family's priority too but if we spend two hours a month at the range or in a practice setting how much are you going to put in the rest of the time let's talk about weekly how much on a weekly basis bradley you start um well i I do well i've been late well today i've started using my speed sticks Okay. For like ten minutes to start, um, I want to do that like every like once or twice a week, and work on like just. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want you to tell me exactly what you're working on because I'll kind of dictate that. Okay. I just want to know how much you're willing to work time wise. Three hours. A Three week. hours a week. Mm-hmm. I would say like five days a week for like three hours a day or two, uh, day, two hours a day. That's a long time. Two hours a day. 
Five days a week, two hours. Yeah. No, I like four, that one. Four days a week, like, two hours yes. a day. He's looking for a realistic yeah. answer because this is—he's yeah. going to use times this. times a week. That's not that bad. If you told me five times a week for an hour, and okay, what I count, that. what I count as practice, isn't always out here. It could be rolling putts on the carpet at home. Okay, so then an hour. And there's going to be drills that I'm going to give you guys yeah, too at home where you're not even touching a club. Okay? okay? So an hour a day and anything above and beyond that is gravy. Okay. Could you guys both do that? Yeah. yeah. An hour a day, for, so five hours a week. Okay. So, okay. so when he said three, I was like, okay. He's right there. <laughs> and then you're like, whoa. Three? <laughs> I got five. I'm going to do five hours, seven. I'm going to do five hours, eight days a week. (laughs) Now. I thought that was realistic. I I am surprised with you as you're getting closer to the end of high school. What are you, a sophomore? Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. We're going to have to work on this one. She she doesn't even know what grade she's in. Your goals might be a little bit more lofty than his goals. Yes. So do you want to play collegiately? Yes. Okay. And dad's shaking his head because from a financial standpoint, there's there's some <laughs> things there, which I know at this point you're already on track. If you just stayed where you were right now, mm-hmm. we could we could find a scholarship somewhere. Okay. But uh, it's really going to boil down to what type of what type of career you want. So that's things we're going to be thinking long term. But okay. an hour a day for five days out of the week. Okay. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go play 18 with your dad, you're not going to say, well, there's my five hours for the week. That's That doesn't count. That's okay. Okay. All right? Okay. So, I have your commitment. Is this still rolling? Are we still rolling? We're still rolling. I ha- Bradley. Yes? Raise your right hand. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have your commitment to yes. an hour a day for... Actually, we'll just say five hours a week. Because if there's okay. something that comes up one day, and it's just a bad day, you can double up the next. That's fine. Five hours a week. Yes. Yes. Okay. Five Emma. Yes. All right. So I got the commitments from it. I know what they think they should work on. We'll see it here in a, in a few minutes. For the listeners, what we're doing next for a first lesson for these guys is. Just looking and evaluating stuff. I'm going to have them do some full swings. We're going to do some video down the line, face on with full swing. Um, if we have time, we'll do some pitching and chipping and getting a face on down the line for that. I'll handle putting at another point. Uh, and then from there, we'll work on some stuff, talk about some stuff. I'll record it. We'll throw it on their Coach Now app for anybody listening to. Coach Now is an awesome platform to keep communication with coaches and students. Uh, no matter where they're at. Uh, So we'll be using that a lot, and I'll keep you up to date on these guys' progress. All right, I'm signing off, guys. Thank you. Off to the hard work. Ready? Uh All right. Thanks for listening to Level Link. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Level Links, or email us at levellinks at gmail.com.